0: Mujebale mujebale mujebale. this is your boy Bonnie Kibuka and I welcome you to the Ugandan Boy Talk Show. Welcome back to the Ugandan Boy Talk Show. Uh, I want to thank everyone that has showed us love on our last episode about my childhood um, I posted it on my social media and I can't believe how much love I've received from people who have listened, shared and just gave me the good feedback uh, it kept me going to be honest I didn't believe that episode is going to boom like that um, I, kept, I checked on the st- stats and it's been played all over the world um, people from Puerto Rico, people from France, people from Canada, people from the United States, Uganda, Kenya, uh, UAE, um, Qatar. Thank you very much. I want to thank everybody that is putting in time to just listen to my stories. And yeah, it's overwhelming and I can't thank you enough. So may God bless you. In today's episode, um, I thought of talking about my journey from Uganda to the United States it was a pretty crazy journey but hope you enjoy this story and learn some of the things that happened through this journey I got the dream um, to be a pilot and airplane mechanic or to work with airplanes in aviation and I got that when I was in my third year of high school after I'd met with my uncle, who works with Kenya Airways, and I kind of developed my dream on that, and I wanted to know. Um, Also, at that time, we only had like a few airplanes that would fly by our house, and when we were little, we would sing Bye, Museveni! Bye, Museveni! Museveni is the president of Uganda, and when we were young, we believed that it was only the president that is flying around with uh, airplanes. And that's a song we would sing all the time when we would see a plane flying. And as a young boy, it wouldn't make sense to me to see a big plane in the sky. But when I get a tiny stone, throw it up there, up in air, it just comes right back down. So I was pretty curious about that. How does that big plane go up there? Those are some of the questions I asked my uncle, who worked with airplanes and I wanted to know. And I told him I want to be a a pilot. I want to know how these planes go up there. So in my third year of high school, I developed the desire of aviation and I wanted to learn more about airplanes. So I went through high school. Uh, God blessed me, I got good grades through my high school. And in my senior year of high school, before we graduated, They were asking each one of us what our dream was, what we want to do after high school. We're going around the class, everybody talking, and they came to me. I said, I want to be a pilot or an airplane mechanic. Everybody in the class laughed at me because that was a pretty crazy dream for somebody who has graduated high school. Who knows that Uganda doesn't even have their own airplanes. They just bought Four Bombardiers, I think a year ago. And at that time when I was graduating high school, we didn't have any airplanes. So people were like, where are you gonna work? What are you gonna do? But that was something I wanted to do. I didn't have the answers to all those questions, but that's something that I wanted to do. Unfortunately, when I graduated high school, my dad didn't have enough money to keep both of us in school with my brother. My brother was in university and both of us couldn't be in university because my dad didn't have enough money to have both of us in school so i had to take a dead year and that was 2013. so when i took the dead year, i tried to find something i could do i talked to one of my uncles on my dad's side shout out to dr samson livingstone same person and he had a parking lot in wakiso Uh, So I asked him if I could get a job there. He was hesitant on hiring me because I was still young. And the business had just hit a loss of three motorcycles that were robbed at the parking lot. So he didn't want to hire me at a young age because I didn't know what I was doing. And he was insecure about what I would do. But he talked to my dad and he went ahead to hire me. And that was the beginning of everything. God blessed me and within three months of the job, we multiplied the money that the business had ever made in the entire existence. I don't know how that happened, but we did. And to me, I say that's God's blessing. God blessed me. How can somebody who didn't have any experience let that happen? But that opened the door for my uncle to ask me what i wanted to do with my life in one of the meetings we did every month and after seeing something like that happens like what do you want to do with your life do you want to be working on the packing for the rest of your life that's when i opened up to him about my dream to do aviation and i wanted to fly and when I was working with my mom in children ministry, I was teaching the kids about missionary stories. And I would tell them about these missionaries who would fly planes in these remote places to serve God and to help the needy people. And there are many people who are doing that even today. M um, Air, Africa Inland Mission, they're flying airplanes in Uganda, Kenya, and MF Mission Aviation Fellowship. Uh, the Kingdom Cup uh, in Alaska. So there's a bunch of missionaries around the place. I, I just wanted to give them a shout out. So when I read those stories, it's something that I, I really loved. Like I want to do that and serve. So it opened up an opportunity for me to talk to my uncle about what I wanted to do. And my uncle had been in the United States and he knew about the education of the United States. He he asked me, have you ever thought about going to the United States and study? I was like, my dad couldn't afford to take me to the universities in Uganda, which are pretty cheap, more cheaper than the, the schools in the United States. And the other thing was like, I never saw myself moving to the United States, cause that was a big dream that I've never dreamt of and I didn't see myself, I didn't see that happening to me. Most times it was usually easier for kids that are ministers' kids or government kids to be able to travel to the United States back and forth. It wasn't easy for just a random kid from Wakiso to just go to the States just like that. Most people who have come from Uganda to America know what I'm talking about and it's not something easy that you just wake up and say I'm gonna go to the United States it takes a lot to go through the process and that's what I went through but God was on my side through the process of my visa and through everything I got accepted at the school called Arizona Flight Academy in Florida and I was set to go study there getting the plane ticket was hard because I had saved up some little money at the parking lot and my plane ticket to the United States was about two thousand dollars and I only had five hundred. So and that five hundred included everything I sold that I owned to be able to get a plane ticket. So I went to my dad and told him, Dad, I need to buy a plane ticket to go to the United States. Do you have any money? And my dad was not doing pretty good. I was not doing good in around the time, my dad tried to get a loan and he could only get $700. So I had uh, $700 and $500 that gave me $1,200. So I went back to my uncle and told him, Hey, uh, me and my dad can only afford $1,200. Um, do you think there's something you can do for me to get a plane ticket? And I had spent most of my money through the visa process. But my uncle was graceful enough to say, I'll, I'll see what I can do. And he helped me. Uh, my first, that was my first plane from Uganda. That brought me from Uganda. and uh, We had a layover in Amsterdam and then to LX, California. My uncle was telling me stories about airplanes. I'd never been in an airplane. I was like, I'm gonna stay awake to see whatever happens. So I tried to stay awake as much as possible to see what goes on in the airplane when it's flying. It was pretty fun. I saw a lot of people sleeping. I didn't sleep, I was just wide awake. Just everything was new to me and I was. It was like you're taking a key a young kid, to the zoo or the amusement park. They're always like just looking around. There wasn't much to see in the plane, when, especially when people started sleeping, and all the lights were shut off. But I was still wide awake. We got to Amsterdam, and I was just seeing the big airport. I have never seen a big airport in my life. And there was uh, planes coming east, west, center, anywhere, everywhere. There was a lot of airplanes. And my uncle was just telling me stories. And then we landed in LX California. When I heard the pilot say, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to LX California. I just started pinching myself to see if I'm not dreaming. I was like, I'm here. We're here. And that was another big airport. And seeing a lot of big airplanes and everything was just new. And it was just amazing. Uh, we had some people pick us up from the airport i don't know, drive to go home i saw just brand new cars i was like these people just drive brand new cars and they didn't have license plates in the front i was like huh but I, I got to learn later that some of the cars our states don't require you to have a license plate front and back it's just a few But that's something different in Uganda. All the cars have to have a license plate in the front and in the back. So that was different. First thing I noticed and then the roads. The roads were ridiculously crazy. And (laughs) I don't even know how to put it into words. But the roads in California were all smooth and everything was beautiful. So we drove uh, home. then we arrived in uh, one of my uncle's friend's house and we stayed there. And everything was a shock to me. Uh, First of all, everybody was just speaking English. I'm not used to speaking English all the time. And I had to adapt to that. Uh, Living there, everybody had to have a car to go to different places. I didn't have a car, so I would just sit in the house the whole time. Once I had arrived in the states i had to call my school that accepted me to be here when i called them they asked me about the visa and that's when we learned that the embassy had issued me a wrong visa people who know about visas there's a difference between the m1 visa and f1 visa depending on what school you're going to the m1 visa is a vocational visa and f1 is a college visa that you need to go to college So I got the M1 visa, which they confused aviation in being a vocational program, but I was going to a college school that teaches aviation, so I needed an F1 visa. So that was the confusion. And at that time, my uncle was already back in Uganda. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to start from. I had never had a visa in my life. I had never been to America. I didn't know what to do. But I knew you can go to the computer and I remember going to the computer and just asking Google what do you do with the wrong visa because the school had called me and said we need you to have your visa changed before school starts and the school wasn't gonna do that for me I had to do it myself so I had a friend who was a friend to my dad that lives in Nashville but at that time he wasn't in America was out of the States and I tried to contact him but he wasn't there and when he was back in the States he invited me to his house in Nashville and that's when he learned about my visa situation he tried his best to contact people everywhere and but we couldn't get anything the school in Florida was ready to revoke my visa because to revoke yeah my uh, enrollment and then go back to Uganda or something. And that was pretty hard for me because I'd sold everything I had. I knew I was going to the States for education, but here I was, and my visa was getting revoked. We tried to transfer to different schools because somebody told us if you transfer to a school, a school will be able to fix it. And we did all that. We went to all the schools in Tennessee Belmont, Middle Tennessee State University. Um, there was a community college you tried, and all the schools were like, no, we can't mess with the visa. But the family was there for me throughout all that. And shout out to Benny and Mary Lou Prophet for everything that they did at the time. And then I, when they helped me, I went. At, at the end of the, the time when it was almost time to cancel my visa, he called a friend from Alabama and there was a guy in Alabama that said, hey, there's a school here, um, Christian school, but if Barney can get accepted here, you just, just bring him down here. So the school in Florida had given me nine days to have everything sorted out. Either I transfer to another school or I figure out the visa issue, but I couldn't do get anything done i remember going to the homeland security and telling them about my visa situation but homeland security couldn't get it. like how do you get a wrong visa how do you have a wrong visa and i didn't know it myself i don't know how i have a wrong visa so they sent me back and forth three times because they were not understanding what i'm talking about and i had a pretty strong accent by that time so probably they they thought This kid doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know English. What I did was to email the school and tell them, can you draft me a letter that explains how I have a wrong visa? So that's the letter I took to Homeland Security and told them, read this letter. They read through it and then realized, oh, there was a mix of the kind of visa you got. So we see the problem. They told me to give them a month. How was it yeah I think it was a month yeah to have my visa fixed but they wanted $300 I didn't have any money at the time I didn't have anything but I had a family in North Carolina that helped me and donated that money so I can pay for to have my visa fixed. now the school in Florida had given me nine days to have everything sorted out and yeah Homeland Security has told me a month So the other option I only had was to just transfer to another school. The guy in Alabama told us to show up. We went to the school and I explained to them my story and my situation. The enrollment director was so nice to me. Shout out to uh, Randy and Dr. William for helping me through that situation. So yeah, they helped me. And then I got enrolled, and that was the ninth day. It was the last day that my visa was almost getting revoked by the school in Florida. So the ninth day, they gave me the acceptance letter. It was due 4 p.m. that day, and we had the letter ready by like 3. And we just faxed that letter to Florida, and for the school in Florida had to release my I-20 to the Southeastern Bible College in Birmingham, Alabama. So I started school in Birmingham, Alabama. It wasn't aviation. It was something totally different. I was doing Bible theology. At that time in Alabama, I was asking God, what am I doing in Bible college or what am I doing down here? But that one year I was in Alabama because I'd come to America to study airplanes, to fly airplanes, to fix airplanes. That's all I wanted. But that time just kept me humble and just think about all that I had been through to that point that God has a plan for everything that is happening in my life at that time. So I just had to sit in, accept what is going on and just open my heart to God. And I knew that God wanted to use me for a bigger picture, a bigger uh, thing than what I was seeing in myself. I spent one year in Birmingham, Alabama, and after one year in the summer, a friend of mine that I had met in Nashville gave me a call, shout out to John Hewlett and William Hewlett. He gave me a call and told me about a school in Michigan that trains people to fly airplanes and fix airplanes, and that school is located in Ionia, Michigan, it's called the School of Missionary Aviation Technology. He connected me with the president at the school, and we talked, and the president said, Yeah, we'll accept you to come here. And through that time, my visa was still in a pending situation with the Homeland Security. Before I took on the next school, I told Homeland Security about my visa, and they thought, No, no problem. You can just go ahead and transfer to another school. I took a bus, a Greyhound bus, from Birmingham, Alabama to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Those people who know that distance is long. It took me 29 hours on the bus. And I only had about 10 clothes and a jacket, and one of my friends asked me, do you know where you're going? I was like, yeah, I'm going to Michigan. I didn't even know Michigan was a state. He said, that's one of the coldest places in the United States. You might want a blanket and something. So he gave me a blanket. So I had a blanket and uh, a jacket. And here I sat on the bus, Came to Michigan for 29 hours. I arrived in Detroit in the morning, and then the bus dropped me off in Grand Rapids. And the school had sent two guys to come pick me up. They picked me up. I had never seen them, but I had a picture of them on my phone. When these guys were driving me home, they asked me if I had eaten anything. I was like, no, I've not. I'm like, well, there's a dinner at our friend's house. If you want, we can take you there. So we didn't go to the school instead, rather we went to dinner because I was hungry. But that's how God had worked the, the plans to work out. Because if I had gone to the dinner, I wouldn't meet most of these people. So I went to the dinner. And while at dinner all these people there were graduating from the school that I'm trying to join too and they're asking me what is your experience about airplanes what do you know about airplanes I told them I've never touched an airplane the first airplane I had was the one that brought me from Uganda to the United States so Asked me my expectations. I didn't have any expectation in my head. They asked me, So, where are you going to sleep? Everybody was asking me different questions at the time, and I don't have these answers for them at the the time. They asked me, Where are you going to sleep? I didn't know. The only thing I knew was I found a school and I was going to go study. I had $300 that I had saved that summer, and $200 went to my bus ticket. That brought me to Grand Rapids. So, in my pocket, I had $100. They asked me, There's a guy that has a house, but you have to pay $175 to live in his house. I was like, I don't have 175 I only have $100 between me and death right now. It's like, Talk to him. He might give you a grace period or something like that as you figure out your money. I called the guy and was like, Yeah, I will take you in. Just make sure. After one month you pay me my money. So I didn't have to pay ahead of time, I just paid the month that I lived there. After getting where to stay, I still had my $100. I went to Maya and spent 65 to buy food. And then I only had $35 left in my pocket. I couldn't get a job, I couldn't do anything, and that's all I had in my life. But when I lived at the house, one of my friends in Michigan saw that I, I changed my location, like, oh, Bonnie moved to Michigan, and he was somewhere, and he talked about me. Oh, I met this kid from Uganda, and he wants to do aviation. So one of the people in that area asked, does that guy need anything? And just like that, somebody came to my house and was like, hey, can I help you with anything? I didn't even know what to ask because I didn't have anything. The only thing I had was my $35 left for the whole time I was going to be in school. But this person helped me to buy me groceries every week when I at the Tassau and that's how God started providing for me. And while I was at the school, I also found out that my sponsor lost his job and he couldn't support me. It seemed like everything was just going wrong at the time. In just two weeks I get a mail from Homeland Security that said we have revoked your visa and we are requesting you to leave the country as soon as possible. That was so devastating to me because all the time I was praying to God to open the door. But here I have got in school just two weeks starting to see airplanes starting to work on airplanes and I get this letter that I need to leave the country as soon as possible I didn't have any money to buy a plane ticket to take me back to Uganda but God used somebody who was a friend and offered to buy me the plane ticket to go back to Uganda I was going to Uganda. I didn't know if I'm going to come back. The school wrote me a letter that only gives me 10 days to leave school or to be absent. I didn't know what's going to happen when I go back to Uganda. I didn't know if I was going to be able to come back. But God helped me. I went to Uganda. I bought a round trip with the hope of coming back to the united states i'm gonna end this right here and i'm gonna definitely have an episode two of this story and what happened after i went back to uganda thank you for tuning in and listening be on the lookout for episode two on the continuation of my coming to america thank you very much may god bless you